1: I think that's a great way to now start the conversation about NC State and what yes. they bring to the table, yep. right? Because you mentioned already, 2022, 8-5 and record, dealt with a lot of injuries, though. I yeah. mean, you already mentioned, obviously, Devin Leary going down. Then they're going to guys like MJ Morris. Ben Finley's playing a lot of football at times during the season by the end of the year. Wrote just kind of a, a really tough situation quarterback-wise. But they had lost also – Isaiah Moore was banged up at linebacker for them. Shaheen Battle missed missed a couple of games. Thayer Thomas missed a couple of games at wide Aiton receiver. Wilson missed a
2: couple as well. Yeah, Jakeen, I mean, so, Jakeen Harris missed two. Devin Boykin yeah. missed two. You know, yeah, they had, like you said, Ryan, uh, Savion Jackson missed half the season last year. So, yeah, they had they they went through a lot of that stuff. They went yeah. through a lot of
1: that stuff. They were banged up, and they're also a team that, for people that maybe didn't see last this past game for them, they played against UConn. And I know people will will just kind of go, UConn, (laughs) UConn, right? UConn is improving very quickly, folks. We talk about talents. They have a defensive end that's an NFL player. They have a safety that's an NFL player. They have a linebacker that's going to be in a camp. There's no doubt about it. They have a couple offensive linemen that are super interesting. Christian Haynes is going to play NFL football. Are those the inside guys? Yes. Because yeah. when I was breaking
2: down the All-22 yeah. run, I was like, their interior linemen at UConn are good football
1: players. Christian, Christian Haynes is a guard. He, I mean, he okay. was like a preseason All-American yeah. by one platform, maybe PFF yeah. or something. But, like, he's a good football player. He's going to play on the NFL level. So UConn wow. is a team that is improving quickly. NC State beats them 24-14. to 14. And, again, full transparency, it wasn't like a incredibly impressive victory for NC State's but I just want us to have a little bit of context of UConn's not as bad as what UConn had been the last couple of years. They were a bowl
2: team last year, Ryan. Yeah. They were a bowl team. And, and to your point, they, I would argue encounter with the fact that I would say that their, their first test was much tougher than either of Notre Dame's first two tests as far as talent. Now, now Notre Dame Navy always presents a tough test schematically and things like that. But as far as talent, they played a team in 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 Yukon who's significantly better than anything no name has faced so far
1: oh yeah at, I, I, think, I think I think Yukon would decisively beat both Navy and Tennessee State, so yes, I believe they are just a
2: the, straight up the better the only reason I would maybe push back on Navy is just because the one weakness that Yukon has is still quarterback and throwing game It's still really bad, to sure. so where like you know maybe Navy can just run the clock out and make it a twenty four to fourteen loss you know to, to 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 UConn but the point is the UConn's a much better football team than what Notre Dame faced when you look at NC State last year too right as I mentioned they were seven and two at one point in time last season and 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 had some tough losses I mean they're, they're lost to they're lost to Florida State last year just shouldn't have actually no they beat Florida State last year I'm sorry Florida State kind of choked that game away they battled with Clemson uh, lost to Syracuse before all those injuries set in. They lost by a point to Boston College. They lost by four to Maryland. They weren't out there get really getting worked by people yeah. last year, Ryan. It was it, it wasn't a situation where you're like, man, like they they really stink, right? They just they got destroyed by that team. Their their worst loss last year was a 15 point loss late in the season to Louisville in a game that Peyton Wilson didn't play. And and yeah. and NC State was only down fourteen to ten going into the fourth quarter. Sure. I mean, you know, so so like they kind of put that game a little bit, uh, put that game away a little bit, a little bit late last season. So, you know, to me, Ryan, this is a this is going to be this is going to be a tough battle, in my opinion. It's going to be a tough battle. Yep. And, and I,
1: I also I also think that NC State just not a team that you 100 percent know exactly what they are. Right. Because mm-hmm. I because I think a great place to start is on their offensive side of the football, because. So a lot of changes on that offensive side of the football. We yep. just spent a, a while talking about Robert and I, his past, what he's been able to do. Quick turnaround at Syracuse, obviously, last year. He's a new offensive coordinator, but for NC State, you now have a new quarterback that comes in, Brendan Armstrong, yep. who's been with Robert and I at Virginia, obviously, a couple years ago. And this offense, I think, is just structurally, obviously, changing a good bit. Yeah. A different offense, in, different. And it needed
2: to, Ryan let let's pull this up real quick as we kind of look at, at 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 nc state. Yep. you notice something there on the right of the screen, Ryan? It's a lot of really impressive numbers. Now, those are national rankings obviously. NC State last year finished 11th nationally in total and deep scoring defense, 19th in total defense, 22nd in yards per play. We always talk about total numbers don't always tell you the story. Uh, I think when you look at their pass defense, that's a perfect example. They ranked 71st in pass yards allowed, but they ranked 19th in in um uh, passing yards per 10th, 12th in rating. Their third, they were third, 20th best in third down defense, 22nd best in turnovers forced. Last season, they also were 11th nationally in rushing defense. And some of their rushing numbers last year, last season, Ryan, were really impressive when you look at how they're able to shut people down. And then even some of the games when they gave up yards, it was a lot more quarterback-driven than anything. They gave up 206 yards rushing to, to Florida State. Jordan Travis, I think, had like 130 yards rushing that game, mostly on scrambles. They held, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six teams to under 100 yards. Actually, let me be more specific. They held six teams to below 80 rushing yards last season. They held Wake to 17. They held Boston College to minus one. They held North Carolina to 118. UConn to 121. Texas Tech to 54. Charleston Southern to 36. They held East Carolina to 116. Clemson to 145 last season. Gave up a decent amount to Louisville and Syracuse. Those are the games where they gave up uh, a decent amount of rushing yards last season. But look they're just they're a team Ryan that was really gritty last season defensively and their 335 attack. Their issues were as you, as that graph shows, they were terrible in offense
1: last season. And some context too is that guys, I think if you're watching with this on YouTube especially If you see this right side of the graphic with all these defensive numbers, the 11th-ranked scoring defense in all of college football last year, 19th in yards per game, 11th in rushing yards allowed per game, and only gave up 3.4 yards per carry on the ground. They did all that, Brian, with a very bad offense, right? Like, they're on the field a lot,
0: and
2: they're still a stingy team. And, and Ryan, a, a, a schedule slated with a lot of teams that can score. I mean, East Carolina could score last year. Right. I mean, they averaged over 30 points a game last year. Texas Tech was a solid offense last year. Clemson could score last year. Florida State could score last year. Syracuse at that time was scoring. Uh, Wake Forest was a high scoring offense. Louisville had a pretty good offense. North Carolina had a high octane offense. So they they didn't do this against a bunch of, you know, like in the Big Ten West. Right. Like I pointed out yesterday, that like five of the top 10 scoring defenses in the country last year were Big Ten teams because of this. the league, you know, don't, don't score in that league. That wasn't the case with NC State, Ryan, to your point. And, and they played Maryland in a bowl game, and they lost, but they only gave up 16 points, right? right? I mean, look at Maryland last year. Maryland scored 27 against Michigan and scored 30 against Ohio State. I mean, you know, that that's a team that you went out and, and held the 16 points in a bowl game with, I think, your third-string quarterback in the bowl game, by the way, I believe. Yep. Correct? Yep.
1: Yeah, because Morris was still out, right? So they right. had playing. I believe so. Yeah, they I
2: needed feel. to make a change on offense because even, even, like we talk about the injuries, they they weren't even playing well. Like they would have been a to me won at least one more game, maybe two if Devin Leary's healthy. But just yeah. because he would have been better than what they had, he wasn't even playing that well before he he got hurt. And so they make this change for Robert and I. And I, look, I'll say this. I mean, look, Notre Dame, you don't ever actually fear anybody. But if you're ever, if you're gonna give honest analysis, you say this is kind of a perfect time to be playing NC state because they're only going to be in game two of his system. And, right. you know, when I look at it, look in the other part too, is said, well, you know, he's, he, you, you don't know what he's going to do there. Notre Dame has a pretty good idea. They've actually been very fortunate that twice in, the, each, of, in each of the last two seasons, they've had to prepare for a Robert and I offense, including True. one with Brendan Armstrong, a quarterback. Cause if you remember Brendan Armstrong didn't play against Notre Dame, but they didn't know that till they kind of got to game day. There was always a report that he may play, he's going to play. So when Notre Dame was preparing for Virginia that week, they were preparing for a Brendan Armstrong and Robert and I-led offense. Yep. Last year, they prepared for a Robert and I-led offense mm-hmm. at Syracuse. So that's going to be something that helps. They're gonna, there's going to be some familiarity with who he is. There's a lot of past scouting reports that you're going to tap into. And what that means is because you did see him with two different teams, Ryan, it gives you a sense of, you know what he does when he has really good weapons and when he doesn't have really good weapons, when he can run the ball, when he can't run the ball, when he has Brendan Armstrong, at quarterback. So you'll be able to tap into some of your analysis that you did the last couple of years. And then, of course, you watch NC State film from the opener and from last season to get a feel on on who they have def- you know, offensively, you know what their personnel is like. But I would much rather be facing this NC State offense in week two, game three, than in late October, November, when they've got yeah. seven, eight, nine games
0: indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: if you're looking for last minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between notre dame and nc state game time is the place for you they take the stress out of buying tickets game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theaters near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or in, and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code Irish for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code to Irish for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
1: You, you also don't want this to be the game where this because this offense was not great in week one against yeah. UConn. Like they scored 24 points. Brennan Armstrong was basically the entire offense. I mean, he led them in rushing week one. The plays they did make in the passing game were largely because of him making plays out of structure and being able to extend the football a little bit. This is not the week that you want NC State to get their mojo going, right? Build their confidence. You don't want to look back on the season in its entirety at the end of, like the end of December and be like, dang, Notre Dame was where NC State got all their confidence and really started to get on the run. And they really started to get all their, you know, just the, everything just kind of to align for them. Right. So you yeah. want this game to be one where it's like, they're still kind of meandering through and finding their identity a little bit. You don't right. allow them to fight. You don't want this to be their identity finding. Yeah. game against Notre
2: Yeah, That's absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Let them, let them figure that out somewhere down the road. There there's no doubt. I think what you saw in the biggest, the biggest change in week one, Ryan is you look at the rushing number production in week one against what I believe is a pretty good run defense in my, I mean, I, 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 we talked about this before. I I think UConn has a pretty good defense. They have a pretty good yeah. rush defense and they, they did last season, you know, especially kind of later in the year. So it wasn't it like an elite rush defense, but I thought it was a pretty good rush defense and, and their numbers were a little bit inflated by the fact that they played army late in the year as well. Sure. You know, but, uh, and, and they had a pretty tough schedule last year as well, but you know to me when i look at this 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 rush offense they were barely over 100 yards they averaged 110 113.8 yards per game last year well they went out in the opener and and rushed for 209 yards you say well yeah brendan armstrong had a lot of that yeah 96 yards but that's the whole point though that's what he kind of brings to the table the part of the offense yeah. Right. yeah yeah and so you know your your top your running backs combined your your three running backs combined for 107 yards on 25 carries well that's some of that grinded out yards that, that allows Brendan Armstrong to then also go be successful, and so he adds a, a mobile element to the table as well for an offense that just they just can't line up and run on you. That that's mm-hmm. not who NC State has been. If you if they do, that's more on you if you're Notre Dame. That, right. that you didn't have a good game plan. You didn't play well. You didn't execute. If they just come out line up and just with their running backs run on you, that that would be the most disappointing thing, but they're going to be able to get that production. If you don't handle the quarterback and we'll dive more into this as we get into the keys to the, to the game, Ryan, but that element makes this a completely different football team than people had to defend last year.
1: I agree. I agree. I think, I think one thing that people kind of underrated from the 2021 to 2022 version of NC state was they they lost two really good running backs from the year before they lost Zonovan Knight and Ricky person from the year before. And their running back room is, is not great, right? Like, it's not coming back this season. So there is uh, – I mean, Brennan Armstrong, yes, it, upgrading the hopefully the passing attack of NC State, but also his ability as a runner is going to supplement the run game as well and and, and be a part of that offense. And I'll say this, Brian, is that I, I just think uh, Notre Dame has to Because – you're right, we'll talk about this a lot more in Keys to Victory, but I think one thing that NC State did have as building blocks was – they do have a couple really nice offensive linemen up front. Like Anthony Belton at left tackle is a really good player. Dylan McMahon at center is a really good center as far as a college football player. So they're going to try to establish a running identity during this game. They're going to try to assimilate to Robert and I's offense and be able to open up this passing game. There you go. They are, they do want some semblance of balance, right? Like this isn't a team that just wants to throw the football around the yard. I mean, whether it's at Virginia or Syracuse last year with Sean Tucker, Robert and I does also want to have some sort of balance to his offense. This isn't just the passing offense. So I think that those changes are important to understand, but it's also important to understand the building block that NC State did have coming back, right? Like Mm their wide receivers aren't great. The running backs aren't great. They have a transfer quarterback that can do a little bit of the dual threat stuff, and they have a couple offensive linemen that you look at and say, Notre Dame is going to have to come out ready to play, or else they're going to be able to create a little bit of movement with them up front. Yeah.
2: When you when you look at their team in, in recent seasons, Ryan, or, or look at what Robert Nye has done, as you mentioned, the 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 desire to be balanced, but he's shown that he he will get there in different ways if he doesn't have the talent at running back, and he didn't in in his last two years, in my opinion, at, at Virginia, they did Their rushing yards were not great. He tried to find some balance, but he was able yeah. to. What he did was, is he was able to utilize the quick passing game, the screen game and things like that, that were kind of an extension of that, that okay. kind of, so if he doesn't have the ability to run the football, he, he will have a package of ways to quickly get the ball to the perimeter to kind of soften you up. And basically that just becomes the same as like Notre Dame running the toss sweep, right? It's like, it's accomplishing the same, the same thing. And I, and I like that about him. He's a really sharp guy. I mean, and you just look at his ability to turn things around quickly That's something that impresses me the most, Ryan, is his ability to kind of turn things around quickly. He was at Virginia for a while. Took them a little bit to kind of get rolling at Virginia, you know, when when you look at it and when you look at the kind of teams they had. But, you know, during his time at Virginia, there were years where they didn't run the ball very well and and other years where they, they ran the ball pretty well if he had the right kind of talent. Because remember when Notre Dame played Virginia in 2018, that really good Virginia team, or no, excuse me, 2019, that really yep. good Virginia team Bryce that they played in 2019 with Bryce Perkins. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was a Robert and I offense. That's who that was. I mean, and that was a, that was a fun, exciting offense. And then, you know, obviously we know what he did in 2021 when Brendan Armstrong threw for over 4,400 4, 4, yards. Uh, also, I think ran for over 500 yards that season or no 251. Uh, I thought he ran for more that year. I could have, could have, sw- Oh, he ran for over 500 the year before. Okay. So yeah. I was wrong on that. And then, of course, last year we saw that offense really struggle when he left to go to Syracuse. Well, then you look at what he did at Syracuse. And and you and I broke this down last year before that game. And Syracuse in, in 2021, Syracuse had a very anemic pass offense. They ran, they passed for 153 yards on the season and average. Their rating was 115.41, which is terrible. They averaged 6.4 yards per attempt in 10 touchdowns and six interceptions. That's like triple option numbers. Right from a pass game standpoint, right? I mean, that's that's really bad, Ryan. That's really bad. They ranked uh, 122nd in the country in passing yards, and they ranked 111th in the country in yards. uh, uh, Excuse me, yards per attempt. They ranked 120th in the country in uh, passing touchdowns, and they ranked 111th in the country in in uh, quarterback rating, and they also ranked 118th in completion percentage. They were at 54.4%, 6.4 yards per attempt. One year later, Robert and I, with the same quarterback, Robert and I comes in and they go uh, from 153 up to 231.9. That also was uh, hindered a little bit by the fact that Garrett Schrader got hurt because he didn't play against Florida State, I don't believe. When they were held to under 100 yards passing. I don't believe he played that game or he got knocked out early that game again because he he got bang, banged up against Notre Dame, didn't play against Pitt, tried to come back against Florida State, got banged up again, and they weren't as good. He came back healthier against Wake Forest, and in the last three games, he went 324, 285, and 330. So that little stretch against Notre Dame, Pitt, and Florida State, where he threw for 35 yards against Notre Dame, didn't play against Pitt, threw for 65 against Wake, dragged their numbers down even more than yeah. what they would have last season, in my opinion. And that's with a guy. Garrett Schrader went from six point two yards per attempt to nine touchdowns to eight point three point yards or yards per attempt, seventeen touchdowns. Garrett Schrader went from fifty two point six percent completion rate to sixty four point seven percent completion rate. That includes th- being in the thirties against Notre Dame and Florida State last season.
1: That's an absurd jump, by the way, folks. Like yeah. Twelve points of a completion percentage in yes. one season in That's one absurd. season. Yes, <laughs> and almost
2: a whole two. And actually it was uh was it over two or was it almost two yards per attempt? He went no, it was over two. He went yeah. from six point two yards per attempt to eight point three. I don't know what's the bigger jump, Ryan. The yards per attempt or the completion percentage. They're both huge They're both jumps. Massive. They're
1: both for massive, a yeah. for a
2: guy that played a lot, right? Like it's not like he threw 50 passes and went, you know. 26 of 50 in mop-up duty against the number twos this is a guy who's just starting
1: quarterback the year
2: before right so and he 8. played an entire season
1: right and 8.3 is a good number right like yeah. 6.2 is terrible better than Notre Dame last year spectrums like it's, yeah. it's awful yeah. and good <laughs> Like it's just weird how bad right. How different it is. Very strange. right and
2: what was the one change the the only real change last season was Robert and I that was it and, and to your point, Ryan, they went from as a team they went from what did I say they were in yards per attempt in two thousand they were 111th for context 111th in 2021. They jumped all the way up to 33rd in yards per attempt last season. Yep, right. That's what Robert and I did.
1: And, and that and that was also with Sean Tucker being banged up throughout the yep. year a little bit as well. So there's yep. some limitations there yep. also. And
2: they were a little bit of an undersized offensive line last season, as we saw against Notre Dame, Matthew Bergeron was a dude, but they were a pretty undersized team that the trenches on both sides of the ball, which is what hurt them against the Florida States and the Notre Dame's teams like that. But the, the point is folks is this is a guy that has a track record of building good offense, really good offenses, in my opinion. Yep. And that's what Notre Dame is going to be up against. And, and that's what he was brought in. And I'll tell you this, if this experiment works with Robert and I, that's going to make it, it, NC State a dangerous team in the in the ACC in future years. If they can get a quarterback, because Brendan Armstrong's done after this year, if they can get a quarterback and just upgrade their weapons a little bit, that's going to make them very dangerous in that league. Because I will tell you something right now, kids are going to want to play at NC. Kids in the in the East Coast are going to want to start playing at NC State after a year or two of Robert and I. They they just are. Because they're like, hey, they're going to go out there and throw for a bunch of yards. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like elite players. Notre Dame, I think, still gets the Micah Gilberts of the world, but those guys that they're currently losing to Wake and, yeah. you know, teams like that. Carolina. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. They're going to want to play at NC State because sure. of this offense, and I think that was a smart move by Dave Dorn. His best hire he's he's made as a coach in his tenure was Tony Gibson. I thought that was a great hire. His second best hire, so, to me, is going to end up being Robert and I. And and that's what I think gives NC State. So if I'm an NC State fan, I'm I'm a little optimistic about the future of this program. If they can keep these two guys around for three four years together, now that that might be easy because Robert and I, he's a little bit of a, he's a little bit of a nomad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he spent five years at Texas State. Well, let's go back and and his first Division One job was in '96 at Boise State, and then he spent the next two years at UNLV. Then he spent five years at Texas Tech, five years at BYU, two years at Arizona, three years back at BYU, five years at Virginia, one year at Syracuse. Now he's at NC State. He's 64. You know, so it's like, is he just, does he finally find a place that he's kind of comfortable with? And look, he's a native Hawaiian. I can understand he didn't want to spend a whole lot of winters in Syracuse, New York. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Right. Right but he's in a he's in a, a you know good place now is he going to is he going to kind of settle down at all if or not because i honestly think ryan that if they can keep him here for 5 6 years he can have an impact on at nc state like like andy ludwig has had at utah Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factors, fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly, flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. You can level up and get gourmet plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus – there are also lunch to go options and protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more you can also try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies this September get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. Where why has Utah won the Pac-12 the last two years? They've always been good on defense because they finally have a a a competent offense that can match it. Yeah, that's. I mean, they aver-
1: Utah averaged thirty eight points a game last year, yeah. right? So like, and again, like I think the point is is very is very sound too, Brian, because I I, I think of Andy Ludwig similar to Robert Nye as far as they get the most out of the talent they have. Yeah. It's not like at to your point last year at Syracuse. You had Matthew Bergeron at left tackle, who was a stud. You had Sean Tucker, who was very good, but was banged up a little bit. And then you had a Rondé Gadsden Jr., who I thought was a really good football player, yep. right? Outside of that, though, not great. I mean, it right. just wasn't. I mean, you have a quarterback that's very – there's limitations as a passer. There's no doubt. An offensive line that is very subpar outside of Matthew Bergeron last year. Wide receivers outside of Gadsden were just not very good. And then you didn't really have a backup running back outside of Tucker that was really going to strike the fear into the hearts of – opposing defenses. So yeah, I think that they can get the most out of their t- talent. It's now about obviously identity fine, you know, fitting into the system and understanding the system and believing in it, which I think that they're going to do at some point this season. And then the next step after that is getting the talent to stay. Correct, at home Cause that's and, like, the key the right the now, talent. Ryan. Yeah. That's yeah. why
2: Notre Dame should be able to do to NC state this year. Kind of like what they did to NC state last year or to Syracuse last year, excuse me, is, you yeah, know, they may get some yards here and there, But you should be able to kind of overwhelm them a little bit. The difference, however, is this NC State team is a lot better on defense than Syracuse was last year. Not that Syracuse was bad on defense. I mean, look, Syracuse has a guy that was starting in their secondary last year who's now in the NFL. Garrett Williams. What was third, he? Third
1: round, third round draft pick, despite not being able to test or anything with well, an ACL. So that's what yeah. I was going to
2: say. Right. Is like that guy got, got picked pretty high despite the injury. You have yeah. another one of their starting secondary guys from last year who's now starting at Ohio State. I believe you have another starting guy who had an interception against Florida State who's starting at LSU this weekend. Right. He's just and, not, yep. and, and and so, you know, you had some guys, but just overall, they, they were much smaller than Notre yeah. Dame, and Notre Dame could just kind of bully them a little bit last year.
1: Oh, yeah, their front was super small. I mean, they had the undersized nose tackle. They have Steve Litton that's actually down at Texas Tech, but he was only like a 6'5", 225-pound defensive end playing like a 4-I at yeah. some points against Notre right. Dame. And then the a Chekwu kid, I think, was like 6'4", 267. But that was their big guy up front in an odd man front, which is just extremely, right. extremely undersized. So, yeah, so it's, we've, it's uh,
2: we've been singing NC State's praises, Ryan, because I really, I really like – I really like the coordinator hires he's made in recent seasons. And I think he finally got the OC hire, right? It's just about keeping them together. Now for this particular matchup, Notre Dame needs to make sure that it, that that doesn't start this week. And it shouldn't, because as you said, they don't have the talent in place that he, like they don't have like Virginia, 2021. We all talk about how good Brendan Armstrong was that year. I always felt that, that he wasn't necessarily a, the, the driving force behind that i thought he was good right but i thought his numbers were inflated by the system but he had a really good supporting cast Ryan. and you've talked a lot about it you know k 2 well, uh, thompson I, 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 and yeah, jelani, yeah, jelani what was D- the, the uh yeah the, t- the other tight end uh no um you had um the wick kid the big receiver on the outside
1: Devont, devontae wicks
0: yeah. yeah
2: yeah no who was the tight end the big tight end the six seven
0: Jelani, Jelani Woods.
2: Woods. Okay. Yep. So you had uh wick. You had Jelani Woods. You had the really short, fast kid, Billy Kemp, Billy right? Kemp, yeah. I mean, you had a really good, and there was another kid whose name escapes yeah. me right now. You had a really good group of pass catchers that year at, at Virginia as well. And they just don't have that right now. Right? right. That's, that's the reality of it. But Notre Dame needs to make sure that their plan is such that they don't allow NC state to take advantage of that, okay. uh, uh, you know, of or, or, or excuse me to not take advantage of that, to, 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 make the plays to kind of neutralize the talent disadvantage that they have. Notre Dame needs to take advantage of the talent advantage is what I, it needs to take advantage of that. We'll f- see if they do. And and that's where you get a little bit nervous about this early in the season is like, look, you have a good game plan maybe, but one wrong execution all of a sudden a guy catches a slant route and there's nobody near him. Cause you thought somebody else was going to cover him, right? Like that's where you've got to really make sure that you execute. And and that's, what we're going to find out the other side of the ball to me, Ryan is going to be a very interesting test as we mentioned we talked about it earlier from the Notre Dame standpoint, but I, I I really like Tony Gibson a lot. Now, here's what's funny: you you know I'm a very anti three three five guy, right? I am not a fan of the three three five. You know that, but if I was ever going to hire a guy to run a three three five, this is the one. Sure. Like, he a really good football coach. They're very aggressive their linebackers play hard downhill. Now there's some things I think a good coordinator can do to take advantage of that with some action, different actions and play, you know, some play actions and some movements and stuff, but Notre Dame doesn't really have like the mobile quarterback to really burn that a ton on some of the things like, like Yukon was able to take advantage of that a few times where they would just yeah, they'd run like buck sweep action. And the linebackers, it looked like they keyed the guards to me, Ryan, at least last week, that's what it looked like to me. So they'd run that yeah. buck sweep action. Those linebackers are crashing hard. And they're pulling that sucker and taking it out the back door for 10, 15 yards. That's not what Notre Dame's going to do to make their living off of. So, you know, we'll see what they can do, but this is a very well coached defense, a very aggressive defense in the front seven. They have very long corner on one side, very talented cover man on the other side, decent. I think quality safety play, right. Good athletes of the safety position, but their, their, their strength to me is that six man box to me yeah. it is, and how and Tony Gibson, they're undersized, right? If you if you look at them, Ryan, they're not a real big group. CJ Clark's the biggest guy they have. He's 6'3, 305. That's good size. Uh Davin Van is 6'2, 280. Savion Jackson, 6'2, 290. They they started and played Trevali Price a lot against uh, UConn, number 13, and he was 6'4-270. Uh Red Hibbler plays a little bit, he's 6'2, 264. They're not a real big group. Their linebackers are 6'1", 225, 6'1", 232, decent size. Jalen Parker also plays a little bit. Peyton Wilson's probably the most physically impressive looking kid to me. He's 6'4", about 240, you know, right. as far as that edge guy. He, he's their veteran version of Josh Burnham, basically, you know, as far as like that long, rangy, athletic kind of kid. Uh, and they use him a lot of different ways. They'll come bring him off the edge, play him off the ball. But the point is he knows how to use that talent. You can't – it's harder to take advantage of their lack of size. This is what we always talk about. He does a great job of saying, hey, I can't have these guys two gap. I can't have these guys sitting at the line of scrimmage and eating on blocks because they're just not big enough to do that. So what are we going to do? We're going to attack, we're going to attack, we're going to attack. And when you look at those numbers, I'll I'll bring them up again, Ryan. One of the more impressive things to me and one of the more concerning things to me is you look at those tackles for loss numbers, 17th in the country in tackles for loss, while only ranking 63rd in sacks. That means they get a lot of run game production, like negatives. For a team that just gave up six of those to Tennessee State, that's probably right now, just looking at statistically, the thing that jumps out to me the most that concerns me is the fact that you did allow so many run-throughs last week and you had so many missed blocks that allowed Tennessee State to get six tackles for loss against your first-team offensive line. And then now you're facing a team that – like, because we've used the counter-argument for Notre Dame, Ryan, where they would rank really high in tackles for loss, but it wasn't – like, or they would rank really high in sacks, but then not really high in tackles for loss because they didn't get a lot of run-game production. And when you look at NC State, it's a exact opposite. And where I'd rather be, I'd rather be super high in tackles for loss and not super high in sacks, because that tells me you're a really disruptive first and second down defense. Very disruptive first and second down defense. And that's probably on paper the biggest concern I have is that statistical matchup. Their ability to generate tackles for loss against Notre Dame's inability to, do, to protect against that last weekend. Now, last year, Notre Dame was very good about that, and they were great about that against Navy. Right now, maybe they just had an off week. Maybe they saw some things on film they weren't prepared for. Whatever the case may be, that's gonna have to get cleaned up in a hurry. When you look at taking on this NC State defense, that that Tony Gibson is great at finding different ways of triggering to create negatives. It, and it's not just the backers. I mean, they'll bring they'll bring field fires with their outside backer and their safety. You know, I mean, they'll bring boundary fires of two guys. They'll walk two backers off the edge and bring those guys and slant everybody field. I mean. He does a lot of creative stuff that creates a lot of negatives. And then your job as the coordinators, f- how can I find ways to gash it? Yeah, that's going to be the key.
1: Well, their, their biggest weapon last year, as far as from a blitzing perspective, outside of the linebackers was probably Tanner Engel, who was a safety for them, who's graduated. I think he's on an NFL roster or practice squad or something. But they bring a lot of pressure to your point like they do. I mean, because they understand that they're a very linebacker-centric team. I mean, Drake Thomas was incredibly productive over the last couple years for them, obviously not with the team anymore. Isaiah Moore was incredibly productive. Peyton Wilson has been incredibly productive for this team. So they are a linebacker-centric team. They are going to use a lot of movement up front to free things up for the linebackers to make a ton of plays, for the safeties to get active. They're going to rotate guys down. They're going to blitz. Because another big thing that they do, Brian, is that They have a lot of confidence in their cornerbacks. They do, right? Like They're going to run a ton of man coverage with Shaheen Battle and Aiden White. They're going to do that all day, and then they're going to trust their guys in the back end to be able to be aggressive up front and on the second level. So you're going to see Peyton Wilson blitz. You're going to see middle linebacker, strong side linebacker. You're going to see safeties. Like You're going to see a lot of different players make opportunities, and I think it's because they have a lot of trust in their cornerbacks and a lot of trust for them to be man-to-man and then being super aggressive off of that stuff. How how are you a great blitzing team? Typically, it's because you can play a lot of man-to-man coverage on the back end. That's the easiest way to apply pressure. That's the easiest way. Cuz yeah, you could do some zone fires and some zone blitzes and stuff, but it's not as structurally sound as if you could just say I'm going to go man-to-man across the board or one high and, 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 you know, man underneath and be able to do that type of stuff. Right. So Mm -hmm. this is an aggressive team. They're a movement based team up front. They're line. It's a linebacker centric system though. And they're going to play a whole lot of man coverage in the back end. That's what you're going to see for NC
2: off, off man. They're going to try to bait you into quick, like, they, did a good, they do a good job. They play a lot of man on the outside. They do a good job of mixing those up, though, and that's how they got the first interception from Hartman last year. He thought it was man. He saw a guy screaming across the edge. He didn't see the corner just sitting right there in that zone. He just throws it right to him. So they, they, you're correct, Ryan, they do that, but they disguise things, I think, pretty well. I, I, I That's yep. what I liked. I watched that Wake Forest game from last year. They do a really nice job of disguising how they're going to get into their different coverages, playing off, coming up, coming yeah. up, playing off, though, all
1: that type of stuff. And, and that I think deceptive is a great way to put a Tony Gibson defense, right? Because that's the one good thing about the 3-3 is that when you're stacking the 3-3, it's very easy to hide second-level defenders, right? Like Drake Thomas was a 5'10.5", five, 5'11", inside linebacker right where it's just like you can hide them a little bit behind guys like cj clark and Corey durden and those types of cats right so i think deceptive is the word that i would use for a tony gibson defense they don't show a lot pre-snap they hide defenders a lot and then they bring pressures from different areas they are a i what did, what did i i called the defensive brian uh newberry from navy the master of chaos i mean i i think that he probably took that that page out of tony tony um, gibson's book like tony yeah. gibson it's a lot of chaos, but it's very sound chaos. Yes, like It's that, not it's not structurally yep. unsound chaos like a Alex Grinch type of defense coordinator.
2: And here's something that gives me hope that Notre Dame might be able to run the ball this weekend. And we, we talked about this during the summer, Ryan, is that playing Navy schematically is actually going to be good preparation for you to play NC State two weeks later. Because there's a lot of structural, their personnel is a little different. Right, where Navy's more of a true three-three. I mean, NC State's more of a true three-three-five personnel-wise. Where Navy's more of a kind of a three-four personnel-wise-ish. Yeah. Although John Marshall's a little bit of a hybrid guy. He has the body of a safety who plays like a linebacker, you know. Uh, but they're going to do a lot of things like you. I love that you brought up the Brian Newberry comment because there are a lot of philosophical things that are similar between these two teams. Now, of course, NC State has a lot better players, but as good as NC State was last year stopping the run, Navy was even better, by like 20 yards better, and Notre Dame was able to run the football effectively. They had some answers for those things. Well, here's the thing, though. The counter to that argument is, but now they know some of your answers. NC State now has on film some of your answers. Do you need some more answers, right? But that gives me hope that Jared Parker can see this defense and prepare for this defense because he saw a – Again, it's a different defense, all of, but very similar. I mean, they're in the same family of defenses, structurally, uh, how they try to stop the run, being linebacker driven to your point, right? I think that's another great example of a way that I would ex- describe Navy is Navy's very linebacker driven in how they defend the run. So uh, the difference is, is they've got way better personnel on the back end, especially. Like they're more athletic at linebacker and they've got better personnel at corner, significantly better talent at cornerback. And they, they use it. Well, I mean, they're, they're Shaheen battles, typical cam Hart's not your typical six, two corner with, with kind of smooth hips. Shaheen battle is your typical six, two corner, right. Can run. He's physically he's long, a little tight hipped, right. But they use him correct correctly. They don't ask him to come up and play press man all game. They let him play more off ball, man, you know, off ball, man. You know, let him drive on stuff. You know, hey, you want to try to throw a slant route? We're going to see it. We're going to sit on it. We're going to drive on it. You know, now, right. to me, that opens up some opportunities, right? Uh, Navy or UConn almost hit one this past week. They ran a wheel route on Peyton Wilson. And if the quarterback hits that, that's a 50-yard gain. You know what I'm talking about? He, like It was a second quarter, just overthrew it a little bit. They had yeah. Peyton Wilson. They got him because of that aggressiveness. You've got to find a way, and we'll talk more about this in the Keys to Victory on Thursday. But you've got to find ways to take advantage of that aggressiveness and beat and gash it. Sure. You know, it's easier said than done. Because as you said, I love what you said, Ryan. Is the the reason I like that expression you came up with, "Master of Chaos"? Because Master of Chaos, to me, gives you a sense of control.
1: Yeah,
2: and there's a contr- there's there's a method to the madness, right? Where it's just it's not like you're just out there. Like I always thought, Van Gorder. Was always trying to get cute, and there was it was so unsound. John Tenuda was very unsound. They'd have games they'd hold teams 120 yards, and then they'd have games they give up 600 yards. And at the end of the day, you like, hey, top 25 defense. I'm like, well, not really,
1: it's not sustainable, you know? Yeah, right.
2: This is more consistent. It's like, hey, this yeah. is just who we are. A team is going to have a game here and there, but this is who we are. And uh, it's going to certainly present Notre Dame with a big test, a very big test. And I'm looking for coaching wise, player wise, all of it, Ryan, this is going to be a, a really fun game. I'm looking forward to what we're going to learn about this football team. I, I really am because, you know, it's sort of those, OK, you start to define yourself with right. games like this. And that's also true for NC State. I mean, this is their chance to kind of go out there and say, hey, look, you know, this is our chance to, to, to get one for our league to show the, the, the you know, hey, how are we not ranked in the top 25? You know, we were ranked most of last year, and, you know, if not for blah, 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 okay, this is your chance to show everybody what you can be, right? This okay. is your chance to – because as you said, they were preseason ranked very high. They were top 20 team coming in the preseason because they were coming off a 9-1 year. Uh, Devin Leary had played great the year before. There was a lot of high expectations for him. Just didn't like – but they were one game worse. That's it. Like, people act like they were just this terrible football team last year. They were not.
1: They, they, they were ranked like in November, them. Ryan. Yeah, they just had expectations of them being like an 11 win team and maybe competing for an ACC championship, like that type of team, right? So, yeah, so they didn't live up to the expectations that people outside the program had kind of put on them.
2: Same regular season record as Notre Dame last year.
1: Yeah, same regular season record. The only
2: difference between those two teams is Notre Dame won their bowl game and NC State didn't. It's very true.
1: And I, again, I, I think that it's going to be a great test for Notre Dame because we all talked about the coaching aspects, right? Like, I think you're going to learn a lot of Jared Parker when he takes on a Tony Gibson. I think you're going to learn a lot about Al, Al Golden, taking on Robert and I. And I really want people to understand is that, yes, Notre Dame is more talented than this NC State team. There's no debate there. But NC State's got some guys, fellas, like they do. Like yeah. Aiden White is a good football player. Shaheen Battle is a good football player. Peyton Wilson is a very good football player when healthy. C.J. Clark is a good football player. The left tackle, whose name is escaping me at uh, Belton, Anthony Belton is a really mm-hmm. good football player. Dylan McMahon is a good football player. Brendan Armstrong, when he's been around good people around him, has been a good football player throughout his college career. So there's going to be tests for Notre Dame. This is a great opportunity for Notre Dame to show that they're ready to take that next step. This isn't Navy, Tennessee State anymore. This is now getting into more of the big boy football and showing that you can be that type of team when you go into – well, when you invite Ohio State to town in a couple of weeks. So I think it's going to be a massive test for Notre Dame.
2: It is. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's going to do it for this part of the show, Brian. We're going to have a mailbag next. So we have about 20 questions start. If you have some more questions, go ahead and get those in there to us now. But that breaks down NC State. A little bit of a schedule change in the next couple of days. I have to, I'm going to we'll be traveling this week, obviously, to NC State. So tomorrow I'll do the midweek rundown. We'll start at noon. So it'll start a little bit early tomorrow. So we'll start at noon tomorrow. There's a chance we may start at noon on Thursday as well. And that'll be our keys to the, the victory and our, and all that. And our Friday show will be normal one o'clock. Ryan and I will have our mailbag and uh, and we'll do that at one o'clock. But uh, because of travel this week, I'm just going to need to move the, the Wednesday and probably Thursday shows up a little bit uh, for those. But definitely tomorrow, definitely tomorrow will be at noon. And then I'll let you know, uh, tomorrow for sure what my schedule schedule week on thursday probably gonna be at noon on thursday as well uh, so definitely don't want to miss that and if hit that like button folks hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell and share this podcast and if you have not done so ryan what you think of the the breakdowns of the tennessee state games did you, did you like yeah. those some, yeah. some very detailed stuff that you guys are going to find in there i have the defensive ones coming out at some point in time today still got to break those down and get that information in there as well so you're definitely going to want to check that stuff out but that's message board only stuff premium board member stuff only so you definitely want to check that out, and then that's what we're trying to do, Ryan. I mean, Ryan has a, a film breakdown of Kingston Billy, Asa on there. Again, mem- premium member board only breakdown. And you got how many videos? You got what four or five video clips? I saw on there, Ryan. Yeah, there was uh, three
1: or four in there. I also have another one coming on on Shen- Sean Savellano and his last couple yep. games on him, and then I also did top five plays from this past week yep. of
2: week. Two of high school football. Last who'd you do last week? You did uh was it CJ Carr? You did CJ Carr last week. week I did CJ,
1: yes. And then I also did Mikey
2: Gilbert as well. So yeah. So that's that's we're trying to do more stuff that's for the member members only stuff. You know, there's so there is some rewards other than just community for that. There are some perks to that as well. But of course, right, if you sign up for the Shamrock Blue or Gold Club, you get even more perks because you get some free IB merch. So that's obviously a big part of it as well. So we're going to go to the mailbag next, folks. But before we do, again, hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, and send it for the message boards at boards at irishbreakdown.com.